What's up, Buttercup? Hey, thanks so much for joining me here today on The Shaleen Show. I'm just going to go on a limb here and take a wild guess that you are listening to this on your phone. The phone is the greatest invention, one of the greatest inventions. I mean, it has profoundly changed our lives. It's made so many things so much easier and so much better. But as I assume you probably would also agree, we've also become like tethered to our phones. We're slaves to our phones. And maybe you more than your partner or maybe your partner more than you. And you have to wonder like what impact this is having on all of us. I know we can agree that we use our phones too much. In fact, I sometimes feel like I'm a slave to my phone. And that's why I've created this episode. Today, I'm going to share with you six different things that I'm doing to minimize my personal reliance on my phone so I can start living life more. I'm also going to share with you some do's and don'ts when it comes to talking to your partner or maybe even your kids about how much they are becoming very reliant on their phones. I'm doing this episode in part to help you and also in part to keep myself accountable. I'm very grateful that you read the title of this episode and you're willing to at least give it a whirl. Here we go. I'm recording this episode on Sunday, February 13th, 2022. I don't even know how many months. It's been at least six or seven months. I've been working and waiting to be able to bring you this news. Okay, so you know sleep is a huge ordeal for me. Like, it is the foundation of your health. It relates to your Alzheimer's or prevention of that, I should say. It relates to your brain health, ADHD, your ability to make good decisions. It relates to your body fat. Like sleep is freaking everything when it comes to your health and longevity. So I've been talking about different supplements that I take for sleep. And I often tell you that these little experiments that I'm doing to track my own sleep and to track Brett's sleep and to track Bob's sleep and everybody else's sleep, I've been able to do so by wearing a ring on my finger. It's called an aura ring. And many of you have been saying like, okay, how do I get it? Can you get us a discount? Where do I order one? And I have been trying for so long to bring this company onto the Shaleen Show because I so believe in the product. I mean, how do you know how well you're sleeping if you can't see? I mean, you, you can guess at how many hours you slept, but do you really know your heart rate variability? Do you understand your body core temperature or whether you got certain percentage of deep sleep versus REM, REM sleep? Don't you want to know like when you're actually almost awake in the middle of the night, but you don't realize it? Like all of those things are so freaking fascinating. And the way that we're able to see all that is with an aura ring. Now, I know that there are other companies out there that make sleep tracking devices that you can wear like a watch, etc. And if that works for you, great. For me, I can't stand wearing a watch. I didn't find those other tracking devices very cute or very comfortable. So then I started looking into the Aura Ring and I wanted to know the science behind it. Like, you know, ultimately, which one has better technology? And hands down, nobody compares to the Aura Ring. And I'm so freaking excited to be able to tell you that they are finally, yes, sponsors of The Shaleen Show. This is something we've been working on forever and I'm so excited to bring it to you. So you can go and check out the Aura Ring yourself. They come in different colors, different styles. You get it specifically fitted for your finger. And you're going to be blown away by the personalized insights, not just about your sleep, but your overall health and your actions and your daily activity and your body's unique way of telling you what is going on. 
And not just your sleep, but your body temperature, your heart rate, you know, when you're in light sleep, REM sleep, deep sleep, and how long it's taking you to fall asleep, like all of these things, it's, you're going to be fascinated when you look at what this little tiny ring that has like a computer in it, what it's able to tell you about your body. So check it out by going to shaleenjohnson.com forward slash ring. And here's the deal. When you go to that link, you can actually get one for you and $50 off any gift or any ring you'd like to buy for someone you love. Brett and I love comparing numbers. It is such a great way to get you both excited about improving your sleep. Again, it's shaleenjohnson.com forward slash ring and you can take advantage of their buy one, get one $50 off special. Again, it's shaleenjohnson.com forward slash ring. While we're on the subject of sleep, it only makes sense to tell you about my absolute favorite go-to co-developed sleep supplement, and that is the Sleepy Gummy, co-developed with my friends at Soul CBD. You can go to mysoulcbd.com forward slash Shaleen. The link to all of these promos, by the way, are in our show notes, which are on your phone. And this will give you 15% off everything at checkout on any Soul CBD products. One of the ways or one of the reasons why we either don't get great sleep or we're not able to stay asleep or we have a hard time falling asleep is because of, da-da-da-da, you guessed it, hormones. And melatonin is a hormone that many of us don't produce enough of or we have a circadian rhythm deficiency, meaning that we're producing melatonin at the wrong times, which just tends to be why we can't fall asleep when we need to fall asleep, et cetera. And that is why we've combined in this amazing sleep gummy, not just melatonin, but CBD and CBN, which stands for cannabinol. And I am so freaking encouraged by new research. I posted to my Instagram stories that just came out on the effects of cannabinol on Alzheimer's patients. It's remarkable. It's all natural. And it comes from the cannabis plant. And we've included cannabinol in this sleepy gummy. To my knowledge, it is the only gummy on the market that includes all of these ingredients in one, the melatonin, the CBD, and the cannabinol. That is why it is so incredibly potent. And that's why people are getting amazing results. Now, listen, I'm not going to tell you absolutely everyone that takes it, it cures their sleep problems. It doesn't. But the overwhelming responses I've been getting from my friends, from people who listen to the show, people who've ordered the Sleepy Gummy are like, I've tried everything. And I really was a little skeptical. It's a gummy. How could this help my sleep? I've been taking sleep aids or drinking wine or whatever, and nothing's worked. And Shalene, this has been a godsend. Like, literally, people will tell me, I have tears in my eyes as I'm writing this to you because I've struggled with my sleep for so long. So I want you to give it a try. It'll be fascinating to see how your sleep is impacted by taking this gummy, especially if you combine that with the Aura Ring. Anyways, you can check it out by going to mysoulcbd.com forward slash Shaleen. That's what gives you your 15% off at checkout, and that's on all of their products. And I'm so sorry, Canada, we're not yet shipping to those of you in Canada, but keep your fingers crossed. All right, let's talk about our phone addiction, shall we? Let's talk about my phone addiction. I think about a time before we had cell phones how do we even function? I mean, if you had a crush on a guy and you gave him your phone number, you didn't know if he called you until you got home that night. Hopefully you had a, an answering machine. You could see if he left a message. If you ran out of gas, I mean, I remember running out of gas as a 21-year-old in the middle of the winter and I wasn't too bright coming home from like a dance club wearing 
a short mini skirt and high heel pumps in the winter and I ran out of gas. Shocker of all shockers. I still run out of gas. But there was no one to call. Like I could have been murdered. It's crazy to think of all of the things that have made life a little bit easier, a little bit safer, just completely different. And in most instances, I think it's made life better. I mean, think about it. We can use our phones to work. I mean, so many of us, we literally do everything from our phones. It's a computer that's a thousand times more advanced than the things that we had, you know, back in the 90s even. I mean, you can use it to check the weather. You no longer have to reach into your glove box and grab a map to figure out where in the heck you're going. I mean, there are people who are listening to this right now who don't even know what life was like before GPS. We used to have to like go to AAA and get a triptych. I know some of you are like, oh my God, triptychs. Yeah, you would literally, you'd have to take a highlighter and highlight what highways and streets you were going to take. And and you'd have to, it was just crazy. You'd write out directions on a little piece of paper and that was probably pretty dangerous because then you'd have to look down at that little piece of paper. We use it now to order food. I mean, there's DoorDash and Uber Eats and you can use your phone now to have somebody come and pick you up in five seconds. Like how many people listening right now are married and have children because they met their spouse on an app. Like apps are ways that people can meet someone that they would have never otherwise ever crossed paths with. It's crazy to think about the amount of education and learning I've received, and and probably you have too, from our phones. Think about the music you've been exposed to, the podcasts you've listened to, the clothes that you've found, the inspiration, the motivation, the workouts. Like it's unbelievable everything that we've been able to do from these devices. So I want to say that because we can often beat ourselves up and make ourselves, you know, feel really guilty about the fact that we use our phones. But I just want you to know it's an amazing device and you should be using it. You should be using it a lot. The problem I think, at least for me, is that I'm, I use it compulsively. You know, I find that I don't know how to be bored. I don't know how to sit and think the way I once did. I used to always write notes and I would journal, not like journal my thoughts, but I always had a notepad with me. So like whatever I was thinking about, I could like write it down or what it is I wanted to do. I could like write it down. And I have a push journal sitting right here with me. But this week I've been thinking about how much I use my phone too much to pacify and to search for something that stimulates me. And I was, you know, doing some research for this episode, and I heard one expert say that if you can't go five hours without your phone or looking at your phone or picking up your phone, then you probably have an addiction. And I was like, oh, like that hit me in the gut. And then I thought of, I'm like, no, that's not true. That's not true and that's not fair. And that's gonna make us feel really bad and make us feel like we're addicts. I think that's unfair because we have to look at our phones sometimes because we have kids or because that's our job. You know, maybe you work from your phone. Like my whole team, everyone who's a member of Team Johnson, they're working from their phones probably 90% of the time. So yeah, they can't really go five hours without looking at their phone because that's their job. You know, you can't go five hours without looking at your phone maybe because you have an elderly parent that you're caring for, or you have clients who are trying to reach out to you, or you've got kids that you need to know what's going on. So I, I think that's an unfair representation. 
So I just want to frame this and help you to understand that it's, it's kind of like food. You can be addicted and compulsive with food. You can be addictive and compulsive with exercise. But exercise is necessary and it's really good for you. But like all things that are good for us, we also kind of have to manage our compulsiveness. We have to get a handle on what it is that drives us to grab our phone and check it compulsively, what it is that makes us, when we're standing in an elevator with two or three people that we don't know, what is it that makes us turn to our phone almost like a security blanket or a crutch? What is it about situations where we have to wait? Just have to wait. We have to wait to see the doctor. We're waiting in line to pick up the kids or, you know, we just have to sit there and there's no TV or something else to distract us, what is it that makes us immediately check our phones? And what are we checking for, right? So how can we limit the amount of time or the amount of, I guess, instances where we get uncomfortable being bored or just being still or being present? That's a better word. What is it about being present that's so uncomfortable? Why is being present so uncomfortable? I think one of the reasons why being present is so uncomfortable is because then we're alone with our thoughts. We are in our reality. Number one. Number two, it's not our habit. We've made it a habit to be distracted. We've made it a habit to constantly have some kind of dopamine hit, some kind of like, that's interesting, that's fascinating, that's shocking, that's, you know, whatever it is. And so we use our phones to do that, we get restless. We feel agitated if we have to be present. So my goal isn't to stop using my phone. My goal isn't to go 30 days without using social media. I need to use social media for my business. I love social media. I love my phone, but I have to figure out ways to spend less time on it. And more importantly, I have to figure out ways to eliminate my habit of using my phone when what I should really be is present. So as I'm recording this, I'm in Park City, Utah, and Brett and I are here visiting a gentleman that we met, let's see, probably in 2007, I would guess, maybe even earlier than that. He picked us up one time at the airport. His name is Steve. And Steve became just this wonderful person that we could never, ever come to Park City without seeing him. Older gentleman, he's in his 70s now. Obviously, when we met him, you know, younger than that. But he owns a transportation company, and he came to pick us up and drive us from the airport to our where we were staying so many years ago, the first time we came to Park City. And we formed a friendship with him. He's just one of the kindest, neatest, sweetest, just most down-to-earth, humble characters you've ever met. Great people. He and his ex-wife, who actually they own a company together, are they're just amazing people. Well, Steve was recently diagnosed with cancer, stage four, and we knew that he had, was not doing real well and wanted to make a trip over here to see him. Today, we you know went out to lunch and spent the afternoon with him, and I intentionally put my phone away because I just really wanted to be present But I brought it with me because I also wanted to record some of the stories he was telling me. 
But I made a point not to look at social media. I made a point to be present and to not use my phone when there was a lull in the conversation or, you know, maybe we were, you know, driving in the car together or something. So that instead of filling that dead air or that moment where you have to be present, instead of filling that with a distraction or checking my Instagram DMs, I forced myself to say, what questions could I ask him about his life? What stories could I ask him to share with me? And it was just the most amazingly I'm going to cry. Most amazingly beautiful day. And I asked Steve if there's anything he wished he could do differently or they'd still like to do. And he said, yeah, people, people. I wish I'd spent more time with people. And I was just like, oh, wow. So moving. So this episode's kind of dedicated to Steve, too, because it makes me realize, yeah, I need to be more present when I'm with people. When I'm at dinner with my husband, I don't need to check my social media. And I did that last night. Last night, we went on a date night. And, you know, we're talking, we're holding hands, we're having great conversation, we order, and then we both look at our phones. And it's fine because we're both doing it, right? And we both kind of have this we're really good, I think, about being aware of when one person's on the phone then or the other person needs to be on the phone. Like, we're aware of that. But so we were both on our phones while we're waiting for our food to come to the table. And both were just like not talking. Just he's looking at his phone. I'm looking at my phone. We're kind of talking back and forth about what each of us are reading in our comments. He'll be like, oh, this is pretty funny. Listen to what this person said. And I'll be like, oh, this is kind of funny. So even though we're on our phones, we're still kind of connecting with each other about what we're seeing on our phones and what we're talking about. But why do we have to pick up our phones? So we're going out to dinner tonight while we're here in Park City. And I'd love to tell you that I could leave my phone in the car. I'm just not there yet. I'm not there yet. But what I am going to do is I'm telling you this, and I'm going to tell Brett this too, and I'm going to see if we can't look at our phones unless there is some kind of urgency to it. I want to like actually see, can we go the whole dinner without checking anything on our phones other than an urgent text message? So I have my do not disturb on my phone. And I don't know if you know this, I'm sure it's like this for Android users as well, but you can set your do not disturb so that it doesn't send you any notifications unless somebody calls twice on an emergency list. Or there's certain people who, if you turn on focus mode, you can say focus mode, but if this person, and you can select the people who, if these people reach out to you, then you actually receive those notifications. And that's what I'm going to set on my phone so that if it is a family member who it's something urgent, yeah, I'd want to know in the moment. But other than that, I have all notifications turned off. Oh, let me walk you through the six things that I have decided to do today that I believe are going to help me to be more present and less addicted, less tethered to my phone. Number one, and I'm going to work on this, but my goal is to be able to, I feel even embarrassed telling you this, but I have to be honest. My goal is to be able to leave my phone in my car when I'm going out to dinner with somebody. It's my goal. I can't even believe I'm saying that this is a goal and I'm also feeling a little nervous about it. But I just, I've got to be real and tell you, like, I'm going to try. I'm going to do my best. But I'm also addicted. So (sighs) I can do it. All right. That's number one. Number two, and this is a really big one. And I've gotten really good at it. 
but I want to give you some suggestions. Not looking at your phone first thing in the morning. I've gotten great about that, but I still grab my phone and I start my day with either a podcast that I've selected the night before, or I just, I have the podcast app open and I just, I start my day by listening to something, right? But sometimes, I'm not going to lie, I will also, while I'm listening to the podcast and I'm laying in my bed and I haven't got my butt up out of the bed yet, I will start looking at Instagram or I'll start looking at social media and I've slipped, I've developed some or let some bad habits creep back in. And I realized the other day, because I wear contacts, and then I put on my readers, my readers are like next to my bedside table. But if I don't have my readers, I can't look at my phone. (laughs) Interesting, huh? So I personally don't want to put my phone in another room at night. I know some people do that. I don't want to do that because if there's an emergency with my kids or my in-laws or my parents, I want to know. And I want to know in the middle of the night if that's when the emergency happens. But if I don't have my readers next to my bed, I can't look at my phone to go on social media, et cetera. I can still answer a call. I'm not blind, but I won't be able to look at social media. So that's the other thing I'm going to try. I'm going to try just not keeping my readers next to my bed because then the only thing I can do is answer an emergency phone call. All right. Number three, making a list of the things that I do on my phone that are time sucks and don't really need to be done. What really needs to be done, I don't need to go through that list of things that I actually have to do on my phone. So I want to share with you some things I do on my phone that I really, I don't need to do. Number one is mindlessly going and checking my Instagram messages. I've already gotten really, really good at scrolling. I don't do mindless scrolling. I respond to messages. I look at messages. I look at conversations that are happening in the pod squad. Now I'm looking at conversations that are happening with our Patreon members. Those are really fun. But what I've been doing is doing that throughout the day. And as you know, now you're on your phone and you're in an app and now you're spending so much time, at least I am, so much longer responding each and every single time I jump in there. So I'm going to go back to blocking and scheduling the time when I do that. I've done that in the past. I've just allowed some bad habits to slip back in. And so now I'm going to schedule those times. There will be a specific time that I schedule for Instagram, a specific time scheduled for the Facebook pod squad group, and a specific time that I schedule for my new Patreon members and Then there are times that I need to schedule when I'm going in and answering questions for the members of, say, our Marketing Impact Academy community. We also have Insta Club Hub community where people ask questions. So all of this needs to be scheduled. Otherwise, I'm never going to get off my phone. So if you're following along, that was number three. And number three is to make a list of all the things that are time sucks. My first time suck is just the things that I need to do on my phone, just doing them randomly. Now I'm going to start scheduling them. The other things that I do or time sucks on my phone is I will let YouTube videos just play so that I constantly have some kind of like noise, education, etc. And I don't need to do that. I don't need to look at Reddit threads. I don't ever need to go on Twitter. I just don't need there's certain shopping sites I don't need to go on. <sighs> Here's a big one. I follow a bunch of TikTok accounts where they're like, Amazon made me do it. Or like, Amazon finds you didn't know you needed. And or cleaning hacks. Like those TikTok videos, oh my gosh. (sighs) Such incredible time sucks. I'll watch these videos and then they'll show this weird, strange gadget that helps you clean the 12 foot tall 
cobwebs from your 12 foot tall ceilings. I'm like, oh, well, yeah, of course I need that. I'm like, what? I don't even have any cobwebs. Why am I buying this? And then I find myself going to that link and then I'm on Amazon and I'm buying these things that I don't need. And um, now I'm on Amazon. It's just a time suck and I don't need to do it. The number four thing that I'm going to do, and this one is not going to be hard because I have it with me all the time anyways, is my push journal. Listen, it's baby steps, training wheels. These are my training wheels. Tonight when I go to dinner, I'm going to bring my push journal with me because I like to use the blank pages to write down ideas or thoughts or you know just things that spark my creativity. And normally if I had my phone, I would pick up my phone and I would type that into my phone. But now I'm on my phone and I get a notification and I look up and Brett's on his phone. So I'm like, oh yeah, I wrote that down, but hmm, I might as well go check on Instagram. I'm not going to do that. So I'm going to start using my push journal to spark my creativity instead of relying on my phone. I have it with me all the time anyways. I'm just going to stop myself from using my phone as a distraction and I'm going to use my own creativity and my own penmanship and take pen to paper and write down ideas and thoughts and journaling and I know what you're thinking. Well, then, Shalene, aren't you just like replacing one activity with another? I think it's different, you know, because I think when you're writing on a blank piece of paper, there's no other distractions. When you're typing a note on your phone, you're looking at a device that's loaded with distractions. All your notifications start going off, right? So I'm going to start carrying my push journal with me, which I always do anyways, but I'm going to bring it in situations where... I would normally turn to my phone if there's a lull or if I felt bored or if I felt like I had to be present, all right? So these are my training wheels. Number five is I'm going to speak to everyone on my staff because that's how we communicate for me is via text. And I will often respond to their text message and then they will like it or give me a thumbs up back or some type of like confirmation that they receive the text. And I do that with them too. So I'm going to have a conversation with them and say, do you need me to do that? Do you need confirmation that I received that text? Do you need the thumbs up? Because I don't, I really don't. If I wonder if in fact you got the message, I'll reach back out to you. But every single time we give each other, and that's a new thing with these iPhones and the Androids too, where you can have a reaction to the text and that doubles the number of notifications you're getting each day and that just makes us far less present. So I'm going to have conversations with the people who text me the most and I'm going to ask what they prefer and I'm going to tell them what I prefer. Okay, this is my sixth step. The number six thing that I'm going to do is turn off all notifications other than my text messages. And in addition to that, I use the focus mode, which is a new setting on the iPhone that allows you to basically silence everyone's notifications except you can select who, if anyone, you want to make an exception. So turn off all of your notifications. I've already done this. I don't have any notifications for emails, any social media platforms, payment methodologies. I mean, nothing, nothing. I don't have any notifications on my phone except for text messaging. And I suggest that you do the same. Now, before we end this episode, I wanted to share with you some suggestions if your partner is on their phone so much and it's making you feel inferior. You feel like they are living their lives on their phone and they've completely, I don't know, lost interest in the relationship or it's beginning to impact your relationship. Okay, so let's talk about the don'ts first. First, you don't wanna just nag or complain because nobody responds positively to that. It feels very like a parent-child relationship and no one responds well to that. Number two, you don't want to make demands. 
Like, you need to put your phone down right now and spend some time with your family. Nobody responds to that. What is it that you want? You want connection. You want to feel important. You want to feel present. You want to feel seen. You want to feel like the two of you are on the same wavelength. You want to be present with each other. So in order for someone to want to do that, they're going to have to feel loved and feel connected to you. And we don't feel those things when someone is making demands of us or nagging or complaining or pointing fingers or making themselves appear like they're holier than thou, you know, like there's something wrong with us, like we've got the addiction. You also don't want to make any assumptions. Like you shouldn't assume that what they're doing on their phone is just wasting time or playing or trying to, or even that they want to do it. I mean, there are times, like for example, Brock and I are doing this, a Reels challenge for anyone who wants to know how to spend less time on Instagram and how to like batch create Reels. And in order to do that, I had to batch create a ton of reels. And it was on a day when Brett and I had, I can't remember what it was scheduled, but something the two of us were planning on doing together. And it was taking longer than what I thought it was going to take. And, you know, so I'm on my phone and I'm editing these reels, a ton of them all at once. He doesn't know what I'm doing on my phone. He just knows that we were supposed to go on a bike ride. So if you were to just assume that I'm just, you know, responding to people's messages on Instagram or I'm looking at Twitter conversations or YouTube videos or whatever, that would probably make him pretty resentful. And he didn't do that though. Instead, he said, it looks like you're working on something. And I said, yeah, oh gosh, I'm so sorry, actually. And I wish I didn't have to do this. I told him that. I said, I wish I didn't have to do this. Unfortunately, I didn't get it done as quickly as I'd like to. So I've got probably another 30 minutes. And then I told him what it was I was working on. So he understood He didn't make the assumption that I was playing on my phone. And that's one thing I hear often from people who use their phone for work. It's literally paying the mortgage. And they have a partner who's very angry with them that they're on their phone all the time, but their phone is how they're paying their bills. And so it can create this like resentment and miscommunication between partners. So never assume that what your partner is doing is playing. Never assume that they're doing it because... They don't want to spend time with you. You need to ask questions, understand what they're doing on their phones. Like I ask Brett all the time, like, so, and not in an accusational way, like, so what are you doing on your phone? It's like, you just, it's your tone, obviously. But I'll say like, so what are you working on while I'm on my phone? So don't say it when you don't have yours. Just be sure to have your phone in your hand, okay? That's key. And then look up from your phone and say, I'm just responding to a couple messages that people sent me. What are you working on? In a friendly non-accusational tone. So you get a sense of what it is they're doing on their phone. Maybe they're booking you a surprise vacation. Who knows what they're doing? Maybe they are just pacifying time. Maybe they are doing something that helps them to relax. Maybe they are playing a game. But ask, don't assume. The things that you do want to do are understand. Understand how and why they're using their phone the way they do. Appreciate and understand it. You know, empathy goes so much further. Every single one of us uses a phone. And recent research indicates that every single person underestimates the amount of time that they use their phone. Get this, 80% of people believe that everyone around them and everyone in their family is more addicted to their phones than they are. So we have this real, we look at everyone else and we're like, oh, everyone else is always on their phones. But we're all on our phones. The point is, how can we be 
on our phones less. More importantly, what can we do to be more present? So the first do was to understand and appreciate. And then the second step is to respect that we all need to use our phones. Respect that. Respect that your partner also might have an addiction. And we all are pretty addicted to this device. So be empathetic and be patient. And the third thing is to express how your phone impacts you and how other people using their phones makes you feel, as opposed to making it all about the other person. Like, you know, you're on your phone all the time. You are on your phone too. So it's not helpful for you to point fingers at somebody else because the second you do, they're going to look at you and go, well, you're on your phone right now or they'll catch you. So instead of doing that, express how it makes you feel when they are on their phone during a time when you would love to be connected. And the way we do this is not by saying, I don't like it when you, or I wish you wouldn't blah, blah, blah. Instead, you want to express it with regard to your own feelings. So I just want to tell you that I feel insecure when it's the two of us alone and we're watching a movie and you're on your phone when I would love to have a conversation with you. And I know sometimes you have to do that. I was wondering if when we are fill in the blank, you've got to give specific exact examples. When we're watching a movie together and if a notification or you have to check your phone, I would love it. It would make me feel so much more secure if you told me why you were looking at your phone. Or I would appreciate it if when we watched a movie together, you fill in the blank, we went on a date night or whatever. If we could both agree to only look at our phones if we got an emergency, like just text messages, and if there's an emergency, I would love it if we could both avoid looking at social media or emails or anything work-related while we're at dinner. Like start with baby steps just to say to someone, you're on your phone too much. (laughs) There's no parameters to that. We all have to be on our phones quite often throughout the day, right? So give a very specific situation and then remember that we're all human and this is a process. Also remember that nobody makes changes when they feel attacked or defensive. So you've got to make your partner understand that this is about you loving the time that you can spend with them. This is about you wanting to feel more connected to them giving them more of your attention, having more of their attention. But you've got to start with very specific timeframes and what specifically you would like to have happen, how it makes you feel as opposed to what they're doing wrong or what they need to do, as opposed to saying like making these sweeping general statements like you're on your phone too much. Now, here's what works for Brett and I. For me, I will say to him something I'm going to be doing. So recently, when I made a decision not to look at my phone at all during my workout hours, I told him about that because I see him getting kind of, I don't know, annoyed or worked up sometimes when he gets work-related text messages or emails while he's exercising. And I know the impact that has on me. So rather than me telling him, you need to turn your phone off or you need to put silence mode or focus mode on your phone when you're exercising, rather than doing that, I told him that I was doing it and how it made me feel and asked him how it made him feel if he gets work-related. I know how it makes him feel, but nonetheless, I wanna ask him, and I wanna make the assumption, I wanna ask him, how does it make you feel? And he's like, oh, you know, it's not that big of a deal, I don't mind. And then recently he said to me, you know what, I'm gonna do that too. 
so much of the change that we'd like to see in others, whether it's your partner, your best friends, or your kids, so much of that has to do with how we make those people feel. And it's about role modeling. It's about starting with ourselves and talking about how these things help us to improve and talking about the ways that we want to be better and talking about our own feelings as opposed to pointing fingers and making other people feel defensive. No one wants to be singled out. No one wants to feel like, oh, you're the addict. No one wants to feel like you're doing everything wrong. You need to spend more time with us. You need to pay attention. You're on your phone. No one likes to hear that. I honestly think every single one of us would love to spend less time on our phone, but it's just unrealistic to think that we can be off our phones. My challenge to you, my challenge to myself and to you and everybody that we love, that we practice being present, that we practice finding stimulation and entertainment and dopamine and things that make us happy and things that we can engage with that aren't on our phones. So the next time you catch yourself going, hmm, not sure what to do, not sure what to say, not sure what to listen to, not sure what to think about right now, I just want you to catch yourself when you have that thought and remind yourself that you don't have to pick up your phone. You don't have to pick up your phone. I think it's fine to pick it up to put some music on, but You don't have to get lost in social media and notifications and the constant demands of our phones. It's a work, I'm a work in progress. This is something I think we're all gonna have to routinely work on. And I I really think this is an important skill we're gonna have to teach our kids. I mean, think about it. I don't know how old you are, but I mean, phones weren't even a thing until I was in my 20s. The first 20 some odd years of my life, we didn't have this. I don't know what's gonna happen to people who, are listening right now who you grew up with smartphones and the kids that are just now in grade school and elementary school, like their whole lives, you see like three-year-olds who know how to master iPads. Like what is that going to do to their creativity? I mean, not to sound like an old geezer, but when we grew up, the only way you could find stimulation and creativity and fun and activities is by fending for yourself all day outside. Like your parents didn't let you come inside until the lights went down. And you played kick the can with kids on the street and you got in fist fights and you learned how to play tag and football and Red Rover and you built tree forts and had so much fun outside. You were creative. You played games. Our imaginations were everything. I'm so thankful for that. Oh, and I know every generation has this. Your grandparents, their generation, they thought, oh, the radio, radio is going to be the death of us. It's going to ruin civilization. And then TVs you know, the boob tube. These kids, all they do is sit in front of a TV all day and it's going to ruin us. Kids won't be creative anymore. What's going to happen to the world? And now we're hearing the same thing about cell phones. Technology is a good thing. It does make our lives better. We just have to be careful because anything that is good, anything that we enjoy, there's always that draw, that compulsiveness to spend more time with it and then it becomes unhealthy. So we just have to put ourselves in check. I'm putting myself in check. I invite you to send this episode to the people who you care about, the people who you spend time with. I think that's probably gonna be people in your own family. Maybe it's people you work with. I invite you to send them this episode and also send them a message and say, I want you to listen to this and let me know what your thoughts are. All right, to send a podcast episode, do you know how to do that? There's a a little icon 
most apps, it's in the upper right-hand corner, and it looks like a square with an arrow. It's like the send icon, you know, the send icon. Click on that little icon, and it will, boom, you can automatically text it to whomever you would like. And I thank you in advance for doing that. And I thank you in advance for following up and getting some input from them, some feedback on their thoughts on this episode. A couple of quick reminders. If you want more content, like the personal content, you want to go to patreon.com forward slash the Shaleen show. Some crazy, funny, hysterical stories I've never shared before. I've put on the Patreon. I've been loving your feedback. You can just listen to the podcast and you don't have to be looking at your phone. Not like I'm trying to give you more things to do on your phone, but you can like, you can just be playing while you're cleaning your closet. Also a reminder that if you're looking for the O-ring link, that is also in our show notes as are the sleepy gummies. And thank you as always for being here because I'm grateful for your time. And it means a lot that we get to do this together every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I love you. I mean it. And I'll talk to you soon. If you enjoyed this show, please don't forget to make sure you are subscribed and following along. The Shaleen Show is available on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and most every podcast app. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to leave a five-star review and tell us specifically what you enjoyed. We'd love to know. The Shaleen Show is released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. For Tuesdays and Thursdays, be sure to follow and subscribe to Shaleen's other podcast, Build Your Tribe, which she co-hosts with her son, Brock Johnson. It's all about business, social media, and marketing, and devoted to helping you make more money and live more life. Links to anything referenced in today's episode, as well as show sponsors and other podcasts, can be found below in our show notes.